welcome to your next episode of Signal from Jano Media. I'm Sassy, I'm Head of Podcasts, and today I'm going to be talking to Miri Stickland from Forsters, who is Head of Knowledge there. Imagine being Head of Knowledge itself. Amazing. After engineering a recent podcast recording for Miri, I asked if she wouldn't mind hanging back for a quick chat about their podcast series. Honestly, it all happened as organically as that. There was no emails ahead of time, nothing. That's just how we roll around here. You know, everything just falls into place. <clears throat> um, I should mention that my dog was asleep under the desk at the time uh, this recording took place, so you might pick up on his gentle, bassy snore. I hope you enjoy. About it, but it's yeah. it's more just. And it, I mean, we make podcasts. Journey Media make podcasts. We should probably have a podcast. <laughs> we make podcasts <laughs> for lots of other people. We should probably have a podcast. So thank you very much, Miri. No problem. Giving me half an hour of your day, and we've just come off the back of a of a, a podcast episode recording that went pretty well. I think. I think so. Yeah, I'm quite pleased with this. We're recording a series of graduate recruitment podcasts at the moment, and I'm. Really pleased with how they're going. Um, I think we've selected good good guests, twisted a few yeah. arms along the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can't say no, can they? Well, <laughs> I try and make it as difficult as possible for them to say no. <laughs> um, it's This is a really unique one for me to record because I don't often see a group of of you in a room or it's often a host and one other person oh right these yeah these conversations are about the law firm itself almost you know the way it works the departments how they function how people feel about being there yeah exactly I think I mean that I think runs through um the podcast that we produce is that we're trying to get the personality of the firm across so I think we do take maybe a bit more of a um informal sort of chatty approach to them um you know we want to make them interesting our tagline is that we're the more than law podcast and we like to think we talk to interesting people about interesting things but we want to get the character and the values of the firm across um while also you know facing things that matter to both our graduate recruitment audience and obviously our, our sort of client side audience as well what we're doing at the moment is focusing on um, each of the legal groups in our firm in turn and taking some guests from that and very much trying to get the personality of that group and what a typical day in the life of that group looks like. But with the other More Than Law podcasts, we're trying to focus more on issues that are of interest to, to clients or that might sort of be of, of relevance to them and the markets in which they operate. We are a firm that... Um, specializes in property and in private wealth and so it's quite a diverse range of podcasts I think that we've been producing so I'm just reflecting on on what we've done you know uh, looking back at the caring for our aging population which featured our head of um, head of retirement homes and one of our private wealth lawyers who specializes in mental capacity issues and you know that was I thought really fascinating. Mm. And then, you know, Rob's gone off to um to have a chat about uh, nuclear fission and nuclear fusion and uh, <laughs> that was next level stuff that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then we've got one coming out soon which is about rural resilience in post-Brexit Britain. So there is quite a diversity of um of content, I think. I mean, it, for me, 
I find it fascinating because I'm getting to ask all those questions about topics like many topics that I know absolutely nothing about um so I can really bring out the inner child and just ask pretty much anything I want why why (laughs) yeah Um, yeah, Rob recorded yesterday one about the art world um and sort of simply put you know the idea that if you're somebody of perhaps sudden fantastic wealth and you realize that you should perhaps invest in some art where, where on earth do you start and uh, you know it, it gets really interesting for me to listen in and think oh there of course there are agents and agencies who are tasked with advising people who yeah don't, you don't know anything about art where do you start you know I've got this huge house now with all these walls what do I put on it yeah absolutely I went to, um, I was talking to you earlier, wasn't I, about George Michael and how he had a <laughs> good side of his face and a bad side. And so one side would always be in the in the shadow. Um, I don't know whether it was, anyway, that's irrelevant as to whether it was his right or left side. But um, I went to, when after he died, his, um, his art collection went on sale at one of the um, auction houses and I went down to they had it open as a sort of public view and I wow, went cool. down to it and it was so fascinating mm. to see this art that he had amassed over you know mm. 20 30 years but it's a really good question you know where do you start with that if you're not mm. a collector but you mm. kind of know what you like are you just mm. what wh- wh- where do you end up and how do you mm. also put a collection together that sort of complements I suppose that was yeah. one of the things I reflected on afterwards. He had, you could see he had quite a certain sort of eye for a particular type of artwork. Like he had mm. a lot of Damien Hirst and that kind of mm. movement. But if you don't really know that much about art, where do you where do you start? Yeah, I literally have acres of wall space now and it's black. <laughs> I need to put something up on it. I can't just chuck a load of Ikea posters up. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be fitting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it'll be fascinating when that comes out. And actually, I have to admit, I really, I, I, obviously I would say this, but I really like listening to the podcast that Rob, uh, who's my co-host, and we record a lot of them separately. So I really like listening back to the ones that he's recorded uh, as well, because they're always fascinating. Um, and he asks... Yeah, he's very inquisitive and always asks good questions, I think. So, Mm. yeah. Yeah. Have you been making podcasts at Forster's for a long time or is this something um, that's new? I've been making them with you for, what, six months now? Yeah. We've actually been going since May 2019, but um, with much lower production values than we now have. Uh, When we started the podcast it was very much a case of okay Miri go away and you know see what you can produce so I essentially watched a few YouTube videos as to how to edit stuff on GarageBand and away I went and um, yeah I think we I like to think that we were slightly ahead of the curve for law firms in terms of when we started our podcast I mean there's definitely observationally a big bump in 2020 onwards um Mm -hmm. you know obviously related to the pandemic and firms working out different ways to 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 communicate with their audiences um and uh but obviously I think we started to feel that um 
the production, the quality of the production values previously wasn't really up to the quality of the guests and the conversations that we were having. Um, and so that was the main reason why we approached um, you guys, which has made the whole process, both for me personally and and actually generally, much more slick. You know, it's a lot quicker uh, to go from recording to actually releasing the podcast. And quite frankly, my time is far better spent elsewhere, away from my very unsophisticated <laughs> editing skills. <laughs> well, we're happy to help. And and But you wanted a little bit... So what were you using before? What microphones were you using before when it was just you and GarageBand? I think I had like a Blue Yeti, which I would plug into... Uh, an iPad and then we would record initially we recorded on GarageBand and then we moved over to recording on Zoom and then I'd have to extract the file and then yeah because they're big files as well aren't they to yeah plug they, up your yeah with. exactly it was just quite a long time to to produce something that then ultimately you know when when you edit something out for me Sass it doesn't sound clunky whereas when I was doing it you know you could sort of you could you could hear <laughs> somebody had been chopped off there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so we came, but you wanted something. I mean, we came up with this remote solution for you, which is well, perhaps you could describe it. So, the remote solution that we've got. So, we have a laptop um, from which Sass's voice appears, which normally freaks out the guests. <laughs> <laughs> when they does, when they it? first come in the room and they're like who's where's that disembodied voice coming from um and then plugged into the laptop we have four mics um which give a much better yeah just give a much better sound quality it's all very easy we just set it up in a meeting room and we wanted that sort of flexibility because Mm-hmm. Um, you know, often we are often we do have outside guests coming in, but we also have some sessions like the one we've done today where it is just our lawyers talking. And, you know, they are all busy people and we just wanted to make it as easy as possible for them to participate. Um, and then, you know, mm-hmm. only be taking the absolute necessary time out of their day. Um I, I have to admit I had yeah. one particularly bad uh incident pre um pre pre bringing you guys on board where we I thought had recorded a whole podcast and then we got to the end and I'd forgotten to press the record button and so we had to do the whole thing again it's the stuff of nightmares it really was (laughs) and it's mobile as well this solution we've come up with you so whatever meeting room is free you can just pop it in there Set it up and off you go. Yeah, that's right. And Rob took it off to Oxfordshire mm, so that right. he could um, so that he could record there because it was easier for him to go to the guests mm-hmm. uh, than it was um, for them to come to us. And it also gives you the option. I mean, ideally, we like everyone to be here because, you know, it makes it much more conversational, but it does give the option that if someone can't be here, we can remote I mean, that's what we did with the um, when we were recording with um, Hannah Wakeford, who's a astrophysicist. We recorded oh, a, a that was I mean, that's probably yeah. my favorite one that I've ever done. We were talking about space junk and she's based in Bristol. So, you know, she was able to teams in. So it is really very flexible. And and yeah, we, we're, we're finding it's a really good solution. Um, and of course, the other thing that you've supplied us with is a roving mic, um, which Rob is particularly 
keen on. Um, he wants us to get out and about. And I think one of the things that we are planning, we were just talking about this yesterday, We our firm is moving. So we're currently based in Mayfair. We're moving over to Marlebone, um at the end of this year. And Rob and I are planning a little, uh, a few wanders around Marlebone, perhaps visiting a few of the hostelries um, and giving our giving our thoughts, getting a bit more familiar with Marlebone um, because, you know, everybody loves being in Mayfair. There's lots of great restaurants and pubs and stuff around here, but it's, yeah. you know, building up that expectation of, you know, and the <laughs> excitement of moving to some new premises and trying new places out. Get, get yourselves known in the area before you rock up. Yeah, I mean, not, <laughs> don't want to give us a bad name. <laughs> Uh, cool. And so can you give me some examples? Have you seen any like direct results from, from creating your podcast series? So you talk about, you know, clients listening in because you conduct conversations that would be interesting and relevant to them. Have you had anybody pop up and say, oh, I loved that one about space junk? Yeah, it's interesting, actually. They do get mentioned. So before you guys came on board, we did quite a lot around um, sustainability. And um, they do, they have been mentioned by people, um, both um, when I've been talking to other lawyers, um, also by clients. And, you know, actually, some of my favorite podcasts are the ones that we've recorded with clients, um, really sort of getting into the sort of practicalities of of trying to move sustainability issues on, for example. Um, so we've got one coming out soon that um, features um, features Chris, who um, was at McDonald's restaurants talking about um, rolling out electric vehicle charging points across McDonald's UK um, drive-through uh, estate. And, you know, what a huge project and so many lessons to be learned from that. It's nice when we hear um, hear from people that they've been listening. Um, I think in terms of direct results, we find that it can really help us showcase the expertise of our lawyers and demonstrates that we have a deep understanding of our clients and the markets in which they operate. But it's probably quite hard to quant- to quantify whether you know anybody anybody new out there listens to the podcast and then thinks to instruct us. But certainly, it's a, it is a profile building tool. And I think I'm thinking of one person in particular who I think has really built themselves a reputation in in you know in a particular area and has very um, very cleverly used the podcast to sort of enable them to d- to do that i mean alongside the fact that they do have expertise in that area but it's mm-hmm. making sure that you're promoting yourself and your expertise mm-hmm. as well yeah yeah and like you said you can get so much said in a podcast can't you, you can get so much content delivered so much understanding like you say it's across. so accessible i mean i think that's mm. that's why i love i mean i love a podcast i love listening to them as well i've got a real thing for true crime um <laughs> and also podcasts listening to celebrities talking about their lives and experiences and reflecting what they've learned um and i think they're so they're just so easily accessible they're a really good way of communicating in what is quite a sort of crowded crowded space i i often think you know is somebody going to take the time to read an eight page briefing that we put out i probably wouldn't read an eight page briefing about some of the podcasts about the topics that 
some of the podcasts I listen to touch on, but I would listen to a podcast about it, you know, on my commute to work or, you know, when I'm strolling around the park or, or, or whatever. So I think they're really helpful medium in, in that respect. Yeah, that's it. It's this, it's this idea of passive learning or passive um, absorption of yeah. something. Yeah, about. exactly. I mean, just this morning, my daughter and I were on the tube together and we were listening to a, a, um, a history podcast um, about, um, <laughs> about the prohibition in America, which she's not even learning about in history, but I just thought it was really interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, exactly. She probably would never have called to learn about that then if it's not on the syllabus no but she has watched Bugsy Malone the musical but I suppose actually if you don't understand the history behind that musical Mm. you're not fully getting the full picture are you so yeah Mm. (laughs) it's true the end scene with the splurge gun massacre in (laughs) in in Sam's Fat Sam's yeah exactly exactly Uh, yeah I never knew until I was older oh of course they're all down there in secret because prohibition yeah what I found most fascinating about that podcast this morning was they were saying uh the president who was elected at the time had been elected as a as a dry um yeah so pro-prohibition but in actual fact had these massive like boozy parties at the White House and they used storage space, you know, in the government, in the Senate buildings to, to sort of keep a load of confiscated booze that they all then went and had a jolly good time on. So. <laughs> of course. Um, so and just finally, I suppose it's useful for, for me to understand how much value you think, you know, to, to the legal sector as, as a whole and to, to the industry. Um I mean, is, are there any other ways you can think of that where the, the tool of podcasting could be? Yeah, I mean, just in terms of providing insight um, and educating us both in terms of, you know, how you apply the law in a practical way. Mm. You know, they can be thought provoking, they generate discussion and they're really good, as I touched on earlier, they're a really good way of, of communicating the culture and value of your firm and what sets mm-hmm. you apart from other firms in what is a crowded legal marketplace. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I do think podcasts bring a lot of value to the industry um, and, and yeah, the legal sector in, in general. Mm. It's really nice, Mary. You can really feel that, that identity piece coming across when, when you talk to uh, the different departments. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope really... so see what you're going for and it really works it really comes across thank you thank you to Miri for giving time precious 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 time to me for this episode of Signal uh, any true crime recommendations please send them in for Miri and if anybody listening would like to talk to us at Jano Media about producing your own podcast series we would love to talk to you you can click on a link in the show notes to contact us through our website or you can contact me directly if you like on sassy, that's S-A-S-S-Y, at janomedia.com. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. <laughs>